What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. Today on the show, we're going to preview SEC Media Days. Arkansas goes up there on Wednesday, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to break down why Arkansas is not the toughest job in the SEC, like many people think, especially national pundits. We're going to talk about what success looks like and have your comments on that for the 2019 season. Go over some recruiting stuff like the big July 26th visit weekend. Uh, Break down some position-by-position stuff and – Of course, as I mentioned, talk about SEC media days. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. Okay, I want to remind you before we get started to make sure sure you like, share, follow, and comment if you like the video, like what we produce at hogsports.com. Be sure to do that. There's plenty of ways to listen and watch the show. You can watch on YouTube or Facebook Live. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And like I said, plenty of ways to watch and listen. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up if you haven't done so already. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, throw us five stars, throw us a review. Hogsports.com right now is just $1 for your first month, or you can sign up for a year, get a seven-day free trial, and take... um, take 30% off your first year. So a heck of a deal right now. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit that notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a video. So the first thing I want to go over here, and we're going to bring in Danny West here also. Danny West is going to talk uh, about recruiting here, but I want to go over a few things with you guys first. Um, And a reminder to go ahead and get your questions in for me or Danny. We'll go over those, of course, and be sure to – Put what you think a successful season is for Arkansas. What's realistic? What's successful? What's progress in your mind for Arkansas in 2019? Okay, first things first. Arkansas is not the toughest job in the SEC, and there's plenty of reasons why. This is a a story I wrote back on January 19th, but I haven't done a podcast version of it. And it was kind of in reaction to uh, Greg McElroy with the SEC Network, who I have a ton of respect for. I think he does a great job. I think he loves his job doesn't have to work at it, and I think that shines through. But uh, like a lot of national pundits, you know, he feels that Arkansas is the toughest job in the SEC, and and, and I don't feel that way. Um, And this is kind of a devil's advocate piece, and I'm going to break down why. Um, You know, one thing I think you can go back to, like Jalen Catalan, as I mentioned back in January, um, his commitment to Arkansas when he had so many other options in the state of Texas just shows you that you can go into Texas and get big-time players. So it's not the toughest job in the SEC. It's just the the most unique. Um, number one, uh, a lot of talk that people aren't won't come to, from Texas to Arkansas. And when you show that everything is all equal, you still get a ton of regular students from the state of Texas. And a lot of that – so. What I mean, everything being equal is 70, 90% of out of state tuition is paid for by, for, from bordering states when they go to the University of Arkansas. So it's almost like going to an in state school. So there's roughly 7,000 kids from the state of Texas who attend the University of Arkansas out of the 28,000 students, uh, undergrads who attend. So that just shows that people will come from Texas to Arkansas. Okay. When you look at Arkansas versus Texas A&M, a lot of people go back and say, since Arkansas, since Texas A&M has joined the SEC, it's been bad for Arkansas. And yes, Arkansas has lost seven in a row to Texas A&M. But here's the deal: when these two teams were still in the Southwest Conference, Arkansas was 37 and 22 against Texas A&M. 37 and 22. They still were losing recruiting battles most of the time to them. Not always, but most of the times they would lose recruiting battles to Texas A&M. So. It wasn't like people were like, well, I want to go to Arkansas to get that out-of-state experience in the est- in the Southwest Conference. So, um, you know, that just that to me just goes to show you that Arkansas can have success against Texas A&M, even when Texas A&M out-recruits them, even though Texas A&M is in the same conference as Arkansas historically. It, it, you know, it hadn't made that big a difference. There's 400 Division One student-athletes from the state of Texas, and Arkansas doesn't have to get all their players from the state of Texas like – Texas or Texas A&M, Texas Tech, they have to get the majority of their players from Texas. Arkansas needs to get a lot of players out of Texas and actually have eight of the 11 commitments right now from the state of Texas, but they don't have to get all of their players from there. Um, They don't always have to beat Texas, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma for the top talents. It just has to happen every once in a while. It happens. It has to happen some of the time. Takiyas Crawford in this class is an example. Jalen Catalan, who I mentioned earlier, is another example from the state of Texas. So um, it can be done. 
Um, why Arkansas isn't the toughest job in the SEC? Because it's a better program than some other schools in the SEC. It's a better program, and I'm not going to. Missouri fans are going to get mad at me because I'm going to I'm going to pick out Missouri, and I know scoreboard. Yes, Missouri's beat Arkansas the last couple of years, but when you consider location, okay, Missouri is closer to St. Louis, closer to Kansas City. Last year, all but one of the four-star talents from the state of uh, from from the city of St. Louis. Uh, went out of state, all but one. One of them went to Missouri. Kansas City doesn't necessarily produce a lot of four-star talents in the first place. Not a, a tremendous public school system. In fact, they uh, lost their accreditation several years ago, a few years ago. Uh, so given that, Arkansas is also closer to the state of Texas than Missouri. Arkansas has players and has had players on their roster from the state of Missouri that Missouri offered. There's not any players that Arkansas offered from the state of Arkansas that has gone to Missouri the other way. And historically, Arkansas and Missouri, it's not even, it's not even a comparison of which is the better program. Um, Missouri's coach just got a raise for $3.05 million for having some success at Missouri. Arkansas paid their coach $3.5 million just to come to Arkansas. They have a $100 million renovation going on. Arkansas just paid $160 million renovation. So, when you look at so many aspects like that, Arkansas is a better job than Missouri. It's um, it's a better job than Vanderbilt. I would argue it's a better job than Mississippi State, than Ole Miss, um, than Kentucky. I mean, so there there are plenty of other ones. And I've been to – this is another aspect, the stadium, okay? I've been to every stadium in the SEC except for Kentucky, which I'll go to this year. So I'll wrap up my 14 schools. And I should also say I haven't been to the new Kyle Field because they play that game in in, uh, um, in Arlington every year. So I haven't been to the new Kyle Field, I've been to the old Kyle Field. But I'm still I'm going to obviously give Kyle Field the edge. But when you consider the latest renovation that Arkansas has done, um, they have simply done a – I mean, they're right there in the middle of the pack of everybody. Nobody's going to Arkansas saying, man, I'm missing out on this. I'm missing out on this SEC stadium experience. Nobody's saying that anymore at Arkansas, okay? Um so I would I would say when you can you compare Donald W Reynolds Razorback Stadium to it's nicer than Vanderbilt obviously it's it's nicer than Davis Wade Stadium at Mississippi State even though they've made some dramatic improvements in that stadium over the years it's better than Farrot Field and Missouri it's better than Vaught Hemingway at Ole Miss and it's probably I would assume although I like the aesthetics of Commonwealth Stadium in Kentucky I would assume it's a nicer stadium than uh, than Commonwealth uh, based on what I've seen in video and stuff um, I would say it's on a par with William Bryce Stadium in South Carolina if not nicer overall it's not quite as big I think 76,000 compared to 80,000 I would give Florida an edge due to the swamp due to that legacy of the swamp uh, although aesthetically it's all over the place I mean it is a it is all over the place, but uh, you have to give it uh, you have to give it its due for its its legacy. Uh, Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia, I think would rank higher in my opinion. It's been a while since I've been to Georgia, uh, but I would rank all those stadiums higher. Although Tennessee could use some upgrades uh, in terms of the niceness of it, but you know inside it's 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 intimidating. Um, I, I, I love the way that Auburn Stadium looks. Um, I don't know if it's my OCD or what, but I just love that it's it's nice and balanced and even. Uh, but I wouldn't give those stadiums a dramatic edge at this time over Arkansas. I wouldn't. Uh, and again, I wouldn't say that anybody's going to those you know to Arkansas thinking they're going to miss out on playing in a big time SEC environment. Not anymore. Not with the latest renovation. Uh, Alabama and LSU get an edge. Um, they are they have nicer stadiums than anybody else right now, in my opinion. And that's with LSU's latest renovation. Of course, Alabama has a recent one. So those to me are the cream of the crop. And I'd probably put Texas A&M there, although I haven't seen uh, the renovated stadium yet. But just based on what everybody says, what you can see in video and pictures, you'd have to put it up there. But Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium is right up there. And that hasn't always been the case. I mean, you look at what Houston Nutt was recruiting to Arkansas. Houston Nutt was recruiting uh, – basically two grandstands in an upper deck and, you know, still had some success at Arkansas. Bobby Petrino didn't have the north end zone. That brings me to more popular – that brings me to more um, facilities stuff. So um, Bobby Petrino had a 10-win season, 11-win season at Arkansas. Houston Nuts last season was a 10-win and an 8-win season at Arkansas. Uh, they didn't have football operations facilities, which is six years old, one of the nicest in the country. They didn't have the Gene and Jerry Jones Family Student Athlete Success Center, which is a state-of-the-art facility also. Uh, they didn't have that. So when you look at the breadth of facilities at Arkansas, nobody has nicer 
you know, there may be some schools out there that have stuff as nice, but nobody has nicer than Arkansas. They really don't. Nobody has nicer locker rooms in Arkansas, especially the new ones with the new lockers. Um, and they ha- and that's two sets, the game day and the practice. Um, I mentioned the football operations facility. Uh, Arkansas used to have the largest weight room in the country. It's not now, but it's one of the biggest still. Uh, so when you look at all of that stuff across everything, um, it's – it's hard to beat what Arkansas has going on from a facility standpoint. And not every school in the SEC has can say that they're on a par. A lot of schools can say they're on the par, but uh, half of them can't, um, and maybe more than half. So uh, population, when you look at the population of Arkansas, it's comparable to Mississippi. It's almost the same size as Mississippi, but Mississippi produces way more Division One athletes than Arkansas does per capita. Um, there are, it's true of other states that are nearby. Louisiana's bigger population and also produces more players per capita. Uh, but when you look at what Arkansas neighbors, now they don't have, you know, the 250-mile radius, as they say, uh, isn't as plentiful with Arkansas talents. But most of the top prospects in Arkansas that Arkansas offers go to Arkansas. When you look across the country, um, you know, most – states are not doing it as well as Arkansas is in terms of keeping players home. And I know everybody's in an uproar every time somebody leaves the state of Arkansas. But this is this is a fact. Um, Mississippi has to split between two schools, in-state schools, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Uh, you know, you also have some other schools like Southern Miss vying for some prospects and stuff on a, on a lesser scale. But you also have LSU coming in there. You have Alabama coming in there, Tennessee, Arkansas, all those schools that are making it worth their while to go into Mississippi and recruit. Whereas you don't have as many players, you know, you hear all the time if so-and-so from Arkansas was in the state of Texas, uh, then they would be getting, um, you know, four stars and be getting 30 offers. Not a lot of schools come into Arkansas to recruit. So that that is an advantage in, in some way, you know, plus you're close to Texas. You can pull some players from Tulsa area, from Memphis, and in Tennessee, from Louisiana. So there is areas to pull players from. So, again, Arkansas, to me, not the toughest job in the SEC, definitely not the worst job, um, but maybe the most unique when you consider how they have to go about recruiting. And I also think, you know, the world is a little bit smaller these days, so the smaller it gets, I think the better it is for Arkansas. It's easier to stay connected with people through the Internet, uh, through social media and all that stuff. So I think all of that stuff helps. Um, I also think that Arkansas has, uh, you know, in terms of getting recruits to visit, it's always been said that it's tough to get Arkansas, uh, tough to get recruits to, to visit. And a lot of people say it is due to a stigma attached with Arkansas. Let me tell you something. There is a stigma attached with every state in the southeast. Every state in the southeast, it's not unique to Arkansas. The thing that with Arkansas is, is the population. So you have to think outside the box. You have to be very forward-thinking and getting recruits to visit. And that's what we've seen with this current staff. I mean, they're getting recruits to visit like crazy. I mean, last year they had such impressive visit weekends. They're going to have another one on July 26th, which we're going to talk to Danny West about. So getting recruits to visit, I think you have this sense that you have an undersell over deliver effect uh, with Fayetteville. First of all, there's the stigma uh, that it's, you know, hillbillies and nobody wears shoes and all that kind of stuff. So you have that aspect of it. But when players, when recruits fly into Northwest Arkansas, you know, you're going to pass over a bunch of chicken houses and stuff. It's very, very country atmosphere when you're flying in and you're looking down. I've heard a lot of recruits tell me when they're looking down and they're making that drive where one time I saw more dead skunks than I've ever seen in my life. A lot of them are like, what have I done? Have I really used an official visit on this? And then you come into Fayetteville, and it's just beautiful, the mountains, and so clean, and uh, just a, an amazing city, um, really. And, and the whole region, it's about 500, 525,000 people, I think, in, in northwest Arkansas. So it's a big, booming area um, with a great university, great fan support and all that stuff. So you have that undersell, over-deliver thing with recruits. The trick is just getting the guys to visit, and I think they've done a great job here. They got 11 four stars last year, which was a record. Um, so, and that you know that kind of brings me to the Arkansas, uh, Northwest Arkansas, Fayetteville being one of the best places to live in the country annually. It's becoming a regularly regularly recognized uh, as the best city to live in in the entire SEC, and that's by U.S. News and World Report. Forbes has said some uh, similar things. U, uh, UPS has said some similar things in their breakdowns. But um, you have, you know, Walmart and Tyson and, you know, just with Walmart alone, so many big-time companies come around, you know. Um, and 
I can also look at it like this with Arkansas. So is there a ton of big-time track and field athletes in the state of Arkansas? I know there's one. There's a sprinter out of North Little Rock. But is there a ton? There's not. And so under John McDonald, Arkansas won 42 national championship in track and field, cross-country, indoor and outdoor, um, by luring the top athletes from all around the country. And it's because of the coach that they hired in John McDonald, what he built at Arkansas. In the 1990s, Arkansas had the first half of the 90s, the winningest basketball program in the country, won a national championship under Nolan Richardson. Some of that was done with in-state guys, but most of it was players outside the state. Players wanted to come in to University of Arkansas. I remember Darnell Robinson coming all the way from California. He was the number three ranked prospect in the country that year. So, a lot of it depends on the coach you have. And people can say it's it's about the Jimmys and the Joes, and it is, but that's also about who the coach recruits. So um, you bring in a successful coach, you're going to have success. Look what Clemson's doing. I mean, Clemson has been winning big time and won a national championship off of, you know, very well-regarded recruiting classes, top 15, top 10 style recruiting class. Now they're recruiting number one recruiting classes. You know, they're on a different level in recruiting, and that's just, you know, how they've built their program. So you bring in the right coach, you support him the right way, and you can take a, a place like Arkansas to the next level. I mean, Oklahoma has done it. Oklahoma's what, an hour closer to Dallas than Fayetteville, something like that. Maybe that's Oklahoma State. I'm not sure exactly how far Oklahoma is, but um, or, or Norman is, but Oklahoma – you know, is in Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, they they built a, a history of success. And, you know, so it can be done at Arkansas. We've seen it done with, you know, some great seasons that Bobby Petrino had and, and Houston Nutt has. And um, that kind of brings me to how not to do it. The way you don't do it is you don't under-recruit. And that is something that Brett Bielema had a huge problem with. For some reason, they would offer the 12th most prospects um, each year out of the SEC, only LSU and Texas A&M were offering fewer prospects. So they had it in their head that, you know, every offer that they make is going to be committable. It's going to be a special situation. We're going to have you on campus and we're going to, we're going to offer you then. And, you know, that's, I, I, I get, I get that way of thinking and maybe they're in their head that meant a lot, but I'll tell you what really means a lot is being the first SEC school or the first school period to offer a prospect, being way out in front and recruiting. And now Arkansas, I think, is third in the SEC in number of offers they put out, and you have to do that. I mean, Texas A&M and LSU, the reason they don't offer as many players is because they have huge backyards. They have a good idea of who they're getting. Arkansas has to spread their net a little farther, and they have to be forward-thinking and recruiting. And I think that's something that this staff has done. I think they're battling a 2-10 and 10 record right now. I think they're battling that stigma right now. But overall, um, you know, you just have to think outside the box. Like I said, you have to figure out ways to get recruits in, uh, whatever that may be. So um, Brett Bielema kind of abandoned Texas, obviously. There was like eight scholarship players when Chad Morris took over from the state of Texas. That's insane. I mean, when you compare, you know – Oklahoma State, I think, had 56 total players. I'm not sure how many of those were scholarship, uh, but 56 total players on their roster. And like I said earlier, it's just an hour closer to Dallas than Fayetteville. So um, that's how not to do it. That is how not to do it. So um, that pretty much breaks it down, guys. Let me know what you think. Is Arkansas the toughest job in the SEC? I, again, I just think it's the most unique job in the SEC. I think there are definitely other schools that have it tougher that may be in more talent-rich areas, but Arkansas has tradition. They have fan support. You know, what Frank Brewer saw ages ago, which they're trying to bring back, which I commend them for bringing the state together around one team. There's not another pro team in Arkansas. There's not another big college team in Arkansas on the Power Five level, at least. Uh, so there are a lot of advantages to Arkansas, a lot of pride in this state that they need to get back. It's been a long time. It's been a rough seven years for Arkansas fans. So we'll see if they can get back um, to their way of doing things. What does it look like to be successful at Arkansas in 2019? What's it look like? Get your questions in for Danny West, of course. All right, before we continue on, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, 
so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm going to go ahead and bring Danny in now that we've gone about uh, about 20 minutes. It's a good good start here. Danny West. Trey Biddy. What's up, man? How you doing? What's happening? doing great what's going on not much i just broke down a little bit about why arkansas isn't the toughest job in the sec and we touched on we touched on you know i wrote that article back in january but i thought it would be good to podcast it and discuss a you know just a few aspects of kind of a devil's advocate piece to uh some stuff that greg McElroy said back in january who again i have all the respect in the world for but i just disagree with him when national pundits just kind of look at the surface of arkansas and, and make that claim because arkansas can be so much more but um we talked a little bit about sec media days with um uh, i said rakeem boyd who i think rakeem boyd should be going to sec media days but he's not but devois whaley mctelvin again and scooter harris uh, going to sec media days all that is on Wednesday, I'm leaving tomorrow for Birmingham. I didn't go down today, so SEC Media Days has started today, but I'm going down Tuesday for SEC Media Days and, excuse me, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday is when they start, and I'm leave, I'm leaving on Thursday. I think I said that. So um, what's going on in your neck of the woods, Danny? Well, uh, on that on that note there, Trey, I guess you got my text earlier, Yeah. Uh, what Greg Sankey said about next year's event will be in, in uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then 2021 it's going to Nashville, which, you know, it reminds me, you've always you've always told me every summer, hey, if you ever want to go to this, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to take you up on that 2021 Nashville trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Nashville, I like some Nashville. Nashville's man. a great city, definitely. Oh, it's um, great. I was there, I Might guess, last year was the last time I went to Nashville for the 24/7, my first 24/7 sports publisher conference, but uh, had a great right. time at that. And then uh, I guess it was it was in Atlanta last year at the College Football Hall of Fame. That was fun. It was a little bit different, kind of mix it up, but uh, right. um, they do a great job at at this. Um, Wingate by what is it the Win the Winfrey Hotel that's what it is the the Hyatt Regency Winfrey Hotel in Birmingham and Hoover Alabama it's a long title but they've always done a great job at this at that place and uh, I think the plan so they said next year is going to be in Atlanta and then the year after that in Nashville that's correct okay because I correct. kind of thought that they would every other year bring it back to Hoover and then go somewhere yeah. else so um, I like that I, I figure sometime they'll probably do it in Florida. Um, I don't know if we're going to get it any closer than Nashville, though, Danny. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I would love it in Little Rock, but I'm just not sure that's ever. Maybe going. a maybe a Texas year. Maybe a, a have it in Houston or something one year. That would. I could see a Memphis. I mean, maybe we could pull Memphis off. That'd be Eey, okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this yeah, though: when when we go to SEC Media Days, there are days yeah. when I realize that I haven't left the building because. The convention center, everything's there. The hotel, it's all right there, right? It's a mall. There's a mall that's connected, a huge mall that's connected. And there's, um, you know, if you do step out, there's like two or three places to eat that are pretty good right next to it. So sometimes you just don't leave the area, but you're so busy that, um, you know, it's hard to leave anyway. So, right. Danny, July 26th visit weekend coming up, not too far off. You had a, an update on that. What can you tell us? Well, not a lot of. Uh you know, huge changes. I added a couple of guys this past week. Uh, one of them I think is really notable. You know, we keep putting out that big red board for the defensive side every week and every week we get people commenting, Hey, that safety spots looking pretty rough. You know, people are worried about it. But this past week I talked to Nick Turner. He's a, uh, a safety out of Louisiana, which they're, you know, heavily recruiting that area right now. He's at brother, 
he's a brother Martin mm-hmm. high school in New Orleans. So, uh, sorry, I got a phone call there, but um, he's actually committed to Georgia Tech, has been since uh, June 13th, and uh, he told me he's considering that trip coming coming up in a couple of weeks here. So uh, we'll see if that one takes place. I think that would be a really key guy to get on campus. Five eleven, one eighty. Safety out of uh, New Orleans, Brother Martin. So that's one of the new additions. Everybody else is still kind of holding steady. You know, all the guys are kind of excited. I I do think Jabari Small uh, out of Memphis, I think that one's trending in the wrong direction at this point. I would be surprised if he ends up making that trip. So I may end up taking him off. That's looking like Oxford for him, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's that's the way everybody's trending. But Mm. um, on the 26th, you know, there's word out there that he's going to be in Auburn that week. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see on that. So that definitely, with everything going on with Ole Miss, and then to think that he may not even show up for the visit, yeah. you can kind of see the writing on the wall there. But most of your committed guys are going to be here. Uh, I think uh, just about all of them have told me they're go- they're going to come up and try to recruit some of these other other big time guys. Brian George, just to name a few. Brian George, a JUCO corner. He's a four-star, Martavius French and Bryson Eason, a couple of four-star linebackers, Dwight McGlothern, uh, four-star corner out of Spring, Texas, just to uh, throw out a few of the, the headliners expected. And uh, I guess 11 days from now, that's coming yeah. up quick. Just 11 days away, and as Danny mentioned, that's Arkansas's kickoff cookout that they're having on July 26th. That's actually – when the dead period lifts. So just during that week. Two days after, yeah. Yeah, two, day, two days after. Is that right? Yep. Okay. The 24th. The tw- uh, two days the final, yeah. final day. So say that again. So is it a quiet period? No, no. You go from the dead period ends on the 24th. Right, right. You got yeah. Quiet, yeah. You, okay, you said straight two, into two days after. Period. Okay, yeah, two days before. So that the, there's been a month-long dead period that will wrap up on the 24th, okay? And then you get this week – this one-week window where you can have recruits in and have face-to-face contact. And then it shuts down on August 1st for another month. So it's valuable time right now. That's tough, man. I mean, schools all over the country are going to be trying to get recruits in uh, and battling to get to get visits out of that. So, uh, And I get it, Trey. A, a quick note on that. You know, we complain about that quite a bit mm-hmm. because it does hinder us to a certain extent. Now, sure, we can still talk to the kids, but in terms of new news, uh, real updates – there's just not a lot they can offer in the month of July. So, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I think you could even shorten it by a week. You know, I, I understand you want to get kids a little bit of time off in the summer. Coach, High school coaches want them in their workout programs, seven-on-sevens. But even if you, you did it for three weeks, now you're talking about two weeks for college coaches and, and yeah. more visits to take place. And ultimately, I think it should be about the kids. We're asking them to make these decisions and they're starting to do it sooner and sooner in their high school career. And now we're talking about essentially two straight months in the summer of being a dead period. I think you could shorten the month of July's dead period and, and kind of whittle that down a little bit. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, it's possible. But there's so much more going on with spring recruiting now uh, than we've yep. had in the past. And players are able to take official visits in the spring. So that definitely helps, but um, yeah, it's that just helps it, without it, yeah. that. I mean, obviously, it's insane to have two months, but oh, yeah. but with that, it, I, I think it makes a lot of sense, and it doesn't shut down, you know, talking on the phone or you know sure. Twitter and that kind of communication like that. It just means the coaches aren't going off campus to meet face to face, which defines dead period or defines quiet period, and the recruits also can't come on campus, which defines the dead period. So, you know who loves it though, Trey? Who college college coaches? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they need a break. I mean, as you mentioned there, with everything that's going on this spring now, shoot, mm-hmm. used to. I mean, uh, June was uh, non-existent for them. They used to go fishing, and now it's full of camps and all yeah. this stuff. So, and official visits starting in like April, May, June. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could see where where they would be all for that month-long dead period in in July. You know, that there was this podcast I was listening to. And the guy's name's RJ. It starts with that. But they were talking about recruiting analysts. If recruiting analysts were so good that they would be working for college teams, you know. And I was just yeah. thinking, like, you know, first of all, Barton Simmons got a pretty good job. I'm sure he makes pretty good money. And I was just thinking Barton, oh, yeah. you know, Steve Wiltfong, some of those guys. Um, if you're a college, you know, recruiting 
director of recruiting, you know, like take Taylor Edwards, for example. We love Taylor, but Taylor has been at Alabama, Arkansas, and Maryland in the last two and a half years. You know, you move around a lot. And that got me to thinking like college coaches, what a difficult job it is to be a college coach. I mean, you think about how your career starts out probably as a grad assistant. This is if you're lucky. This is your lucky and everything goes right. You're a grad assistant. You know, and then um, after two or three years, you move on and you hope to get a, you know, an offensive quality control job, maybe at a big school. And then if that works out, you're probably going to a small school, you know, like some division two or division three as a position coach, not getting paid very much. Maybe you meet a girl there and you, you know, you get married and your whole time you're hoping that you hit your wagon to the right coach. You know, that right. he's going somewhere, that you're not on a coach, you know, on the decline, that he's going somewhere and that you can maybe follow him to his next big job. And sure. maybe you get a Joe Craddock. Joe yeah. Craddock is who you're describing. Well, Joe Craddock That's has it better than anybody. Best case scenario. That is the best he, case. How old is Joe? Yeah. Uh, he's my age. So he's uh, 34, I think. Dramatically young to be an offensive coordinator. So he got, he absolutely hitched his horse to the right wagon on that one. But most I'm actually, guys, uh, I'm a month older than Joe. Believe it or right? not, that's crazy to me. Go ahead. Mo- I was just saying, most guys don't have that, and you know they end up being a position coach at a small school, and then hopefully moving to a bigger school as a position coach, and then maybe by sure. the time they're in their mid 30s, you know they've got kids, they move their family all over from town to town every two years, probably. Um, moving to City City, trying to move up. Maybe you get an offensive coordinator job at a small school, and then maybe you parlay that to a position coach job at a big school, and maybe you move that to a, an offensive coordinator job at a at a bigger school, and then maybe you get a head coaching job at a small school, or if you were at a big school before, maybe you move that into a head coaching job at a bigger school, and then four years later when you're about 44 years old, they fire you. And um, and talk. Everybody's talking crap about you on the internet. You don't really have any close friends because you've moved your entire life. Your kids go to, from different school to different school, and hey, you make millions of dollars those four years before you get fired. But man, it's a tough life. Too, though, Trey. You, you get that buyout, buyout. <laughs> but man, I just think about how difficult that is. Oh, it'd be tough, man. I, I don't yeah. think people. I don't think people. And I thought about being a coach coming up out of high school. Yeah. I remember my dad was telling me, he's like, that's just, it's just no kind of life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, you got, you got to love I, it for sure. I was sure. on the same track, Trey. I told him, hey, he was, he had just started being a high school coach. And I was like, man, I think I want to do this. And he was like, no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to move all the time. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're going to probably stay in Arkansas, but I know you, and you don't want to move all the time. I was like, yeah, you got a point. I'll just write about it. Yeah, absolutely. Danny West joining us. Again, hogsports.com right now is $1 for your first month uh, or take 30% off your first year and get a seven-day free trial with that. Almost nothing to lose. Most of Danny's content is VIP. A lot of recruiting stuff about to happen. SEC Media Days, I'll be there. We'll be blowing all that stuff up. want to remind you one more time, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, throw us five stars in a review to help us get our message out there. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher. You can rate us there as well. Facebook Live, as always, and YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to throw us a thumbs up. If you're watching on Facebook Live, throw us a thumbs up. If you like the content, subscribe. Hit the notifications bell as well on YouTube. Um, Danny, I want to go over a few of these things that we have popping up here. Uh, Dustin Hoofman says, I know Arkansas doesn't have a bunch of five-star recruits, but why are we at the bottom of the SEC in recruiting? And I think you broke that down the other day. You know, Arkansas is out of the top 50 schools right now in ranking, Arkansas is 38th overall. And out of the top 50, Arkansas has fewer uh, signees or commitments, excuse me, than any other school aside from Texas. Texas is the only other school in the top 50 that has fewer commitments than Arkansas. So that's definitely playing a role. Their average star, their average recruit ranking is like 87 point something right now, which uh, would rank them 22nd overall, actually. So if they had more yeah. commitments to match what they have, then they would actually be 22nd, although that would probably slide eventually, though. They need to get more four stars if they want to move up the rankings. But I think, Danny, I think they're staring this 2-10 and 10 record in the face, and that's that's what's hurting them right now. Well, I heard you use the, the term battling, that 2-10 mm-hmm. and 10 earlier. I think it's spot on. That's, you know, they're doing their best, Trey. But at some point, you know, you've got kids, and make no mistake – Every opposing coach that's recruiting these mutual recruits, these mutual targets, they're using that two and ten against Arkansas 
on a daily basis. They're constantly reminding these kids of that and, uh, you know, the overall record. So it's an uphill battle. But, again, I, I keep using Kentucky as the example, the current example right now. You look at them, you know, Arkansas has got 11 commitments. Kentucky has 13. Um, uh, Kentucky has three four-star commitments. Arkansas has two. Mm-hmm. And somehow Kentucky is number 23 in the country and Arkansas is at 38. So it's very marginal. You know, if Arkansas picks up, for instance, um, Martavius French and a Bryson Eason, then they obviously move ahead of Kentucky in the ranking. So, I mean, it would, it would make sense to me anyway. So I wouldn't hit the panic button yet. I think they're, uh, they're in striking position on a lot of these kids when really, when you think about it, in reality, they probably shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 2-10 and ten is rough. It's yeah. rough to come back from. So we talked so about that I'm, Ole Miss game, how important it is, but I don't want to go over that again just because we talked about it on the last po- couple of podcasts. But week two Ole Miss game, definitely important for Arkansas, not only for morale getting to a bowl game, but also for recruiting. Um, there's a lot of – I see a lot of seven and five, a lot of eight and fours. <laughs> I mean, really, I would say Martin Griffin – Griffith, excuse me – uh, said making a bowl game would be good if we can get to that six win. So I, I would say that's probably the realistic range. I mean, I've said five, six wins. We'll see how things go in fall camp where I make my final prediction on that. But uh, I would say get to a bowl game and don't just get clobbered like you have been uh, in recent recent games. What do you think, Danny? What's your prog- <laughs> prediction right now and what would be success? Well, I you know, I always echo you, but – I got to go with you on that too. I'm at five and six right now, five two six, I should say. Mm-hmm. I haven't made up my mind. You know, we'll get through fall camp, and then I guess game week rolls around, and we always kind of edit our uh, summertime predictions. So mm-hmm. maybe we should come out with a uh, a pre fall camp prediction, and then follow up with that come game week again. But yeah. I think that might be interesting. But I'm with you, man. I just think it's going to be. Uh, You've got the favorable schedule, but there's still so many question marks, so many. And it's not just one area. You know, when you're 2-10 and 10 and at the bottom of the league in all of these different categories, I mean, you got your work cut out. It doesn't really matter what your non-conference schedule looks like. you still got to play those eight conference games, and that's ultimately, you know, where it decides. But, you know, I was watching the SEC media days this morning. I think we kind of forget about this, and it's not really a huge storyline, but Missouri – having a bowl ban this year. So if you were to get to six and six, you know, that's one less team that you've got to, you know, they're not going to be filling a bowl spot. So maybe that could boost your, your bowl status a little bit, I guess. Absolutely. That could possibly, you know, um, those last two games, I think are probably going to tell at the end whether Arkansas makes it or not. Um, Definitely could. So, Dame Dallas says the production of our offensive line will predict wins and losses. Can't sip the Kool-Aid. It's a wait-and-see game. Wins and conference play is key. Yeah, you got to win a couple of conference games to get to a bowl game. Uh, Donnie Butts says if the backs roll in 4-0, and he thinks they'll beat Texas A&M. Maybe they get a little bit of momentum. Who knows? Uh, but they got to beat Ole Miss to get to 4-0. and No excuse this year for losing those four non-conference games whatsoever. Ray Stapler says, "How O-line, how's it look? At least a lot of competition on the offensive line. We'll see. I think they've needed new blood, and that's nothing against Yelder Froholt, Brian Wallace, and Johnny Gibson. But, I mean, they allowed 32 sacks last year, not just on the O-line, 35 sacks a year before, 35 sacks a year before that for, I think, what is that, 102? Is that right? Yeah, which is like number seven in the country. You know, they had, worst. Danny, they had, the year before that, they gave up 14. And the year before that, they gave up 14. The year before that, they gave up eight. I mean, that's yeah. they led the SEC for three years in a row and then has been near oh, the bottom of the SEC. it's black and white. Yeah. yeah, it's black and white. Um, Arkansas has the best parking for sure, says Terry Roy, and that is dramatically untrue, Terry. It's the University of Nowhere to Parkinsaw, I believe you tweeted one time, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But yeah, I, he, might, to... he may be talking about low attendance for, uh, for hey, games. Hey, congrats to Terry Roy with, with Devois getting that nod to go ahead yeah. and go to sec media days Hats yeah. off and him. hey like i say i can't hate on it no devil has earned it well, no, he's, a, he's a great kid there's no question it's just that there's three spots i feel like rakeem ought to be going i mean that's nothing against i don't mean to take anything away against devil but sure. you know yeah. to me i said and i said this last podcast i don't want to repeat myself too much but i mean 
Rakeem has a chance to go over a thousand yards this year. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, yes, it should be a reward for going to SEC media days or going to SEC media days for being a model student athlete and doing everything right, which Devois has done throughout his career and been a leader. Uh, but it's also a chance to promote your program. And Rakeem, I think has the best shot at making possibly all SEC if he stays healthy. Um, a lot of talk about it. it starts with the offensive line. Michael Martindale adds that in. Um, Cody J. Hudgens says, who do you think will be the next commitment, Danny? Uh, well, let's think about it. Um, you know, you got the July 26 cookout coming up, but three days prior, Martavius French, the four-star linebacker, is expected to make his decision. Now, it kind of reminds you of Colin Clay last year. Mm-hmm. I think he had circled a date just prior to that Arkansas cookout, and obviously everybody could put two and two together on that. He committed to Arkansas and then followed through by making that trip. So I guess if you're Arkansas, you would hope it's going to be a similar case with with Martavius this year. So July 23rd, which happens to be my birthday, Trey. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for that. Happy early. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess that could be it. And, uh, you know, I always say, look at the in-state guys. Cottrell Wallace is still the, um, undecided in-state guy at this point. So mm-hmm. he's expected to be up here on July 26th. So I would fully expect Arkansas to, put the hammer down and try to get that one on board. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, see, Chris Klarner says Morris is getting $4 million a season and the school's hoping by year three they make a bowl game, question mark. <laughs> Any other school in the SEC expects uh, to compete by year two boy. when there is no pressure to produce, it makes the job a cakewalk. So there's a lot of a lot of errors in this. So Chad gets $3.5 million. After next year, he'll get $4.2 million. They'll increase his salary and give him an extension. Just that's because – and everybody will That's complain. Everybody will complain about it, even though every school in the country does that. I remember when Brett got that deal uh, in year two. He went from three point two to four, I guess, maybe something like that. I think that's yeah. what it is. Um, but Chad will go up to about four point two million and get a two-year extension. Also, um, it is year two. It's not year three. It's year two coming up under Chad Morris and. Um, there's no pressure to produce. There's a ton of pressure to produce in this state. I mean, people are are feverishly miserable. <laughs> I know. Right, there's people that are predicting eight wins this season, and be. I would say that's way that's not happening. I mean, that's a everything falls right type of deal. So there's uh, there's a ton of pressure in this state. It's year two, and Chad makes three point five million. Hey, did you hear Coach Nutt on the buzz the other day? What do he say? He said five and zero oh start. Five and zero start. Five and zero. Hey, uh, they yeah. almost he beat Texas. They Texas A and M may have been their best played game on defense last year. I mean, it really might have been. Um, what is it? Twenty four to seventeen, something like that. Twenty four to seventeen. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Same as the LSU game, by the way. Yeah. Well, if they beat year. Ole Miss, that's going to give give them some momentum for sure. And I, I've said before, I would like to see. I think it would be cool if like Nick Starkle gets his st- first start, or maybe he started a little bit. But you have Nick Starkle and Rakeem Boyd in the backfield for Arkansas. I think Arkansas's offensive line is going to be. I think they're going to be better everywhere. Now, how much better? How many wins is that going to translate to? Does it just mean not getting the snot beat out of you? I think they're going to be better everywhere on offense. They got more wide receiver playmakers coming in. You know, they got Hudson Henry coming in to join Cheyenne O'Grady, who hopefully is going to start off the season on a high note, and not be suspended the first two games. Better numbers on the offensive line, more competition than they've had. Definitely upgraded the quarterback position. And Rakeem Boyd's not coming in five days at 200 pounds before the start of fall camp, wondering where his classes are and stuff like that. You know, yeah. so he's been here a full year. So. You know, if you can get lucky and stay healthy here and there, this is a manageable schedule where I think they can get to a bowl game this year. So um, that's just half the battle, man. We don't. I mean, we we make so much about the quarterback, and rightfully so, and the offensive line. We haven't mentioned defense yet. You know, the second to last scoring defense in the SEC. I think mm-hmm. they finished eleventh or twelfth in total defense. There's a lot going on on that side of the ball as well. Mm-hmm. So. Terry says if in two years these four-star players don't work out, would that be coaching? I mean, possibly. If they're still getting slaughtered. Um, now, you got to continue to recruit, obviously, because, you know, Arkansas was 10th in the SEC last year in recruiting and still had a school record for the number of four-star recruits. Now, it was, there was a lot of teams jumbled up there, but everybody's recruiting well in the SEC. But, you know, I would, I would probably say, yeah, I mean, you have to point to coaching. Maybe it just didn't work out. But – to me, the way that this staff is so active in recruiting, they seem to do everything pretty much right 
off the field. Now they just got to get the wins on the field. But when you look at what they do off the field, as we've said before, uh, it would be pretty disappointing, I think. Um, I'm going to run through these, Danny, because we are really pretty much out of time now. Um, But if you've got any last words of wisdom, let me see if I've got any recruiting questions for you real quick. Um, And I don't see any that are jumping out as far as recruiting questions. Do you think that William Maxwell says, do you think that there is a chance that Jacob's at running back, or do you think that we're done at that position? Definitely not done at the position, Danny. Still holding steady with Isaiah Jacobs out of Oklahoma. Um, You know, we'll see if he shows up for that cookout event. If so, yeah, I think that's pretty telling. But if not, you hit it there. I mean, you've already got one running back commitment in John Gentry. You've got your athlete, Kelvante Dixon, who could Mm -hmm. play receiver, running back, or, you know, special teams, a combination of all those things. So, yeah, they're fighting for for spots right now, Trey. I mean, it's going to be tough to, you know, manage that. But – Ultimately, the numbers always work out, and I could see them adding another guy at some point. Okay. All right, Danny. Well, I appreciate you joining us, man. All right, man. All right. I'll let you later. That's Danny West with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. You can read all his VIP content there. He does a great job. Been covering recruiting for us for uh, like a decade, I guess. Danny's been with us a long time. Was at Rivals with us before, and now, of course, at 24-7 sports. So, um, that's Danny West. All right, I'm going to run through these real quick just to make sure we we hit everything uh, on your comments, but we are running out of time. I like to do these in about 45 minutes or so. So um, let's see. We went over Chris, Johnny Brooks. Hats off to Troy for uh, Devois Whaley, great great player to represent Arkansas. Absolutely, I agree with that totally. And I don't I don't I, I didn't mean anything against Devois. I'm just saying that it feels like Rakeem Boyd should be going also. But you can only bring three players. Terry says, if in two years these four-star players, we talked about that, get off to a, a fast start and get offense going to help the defense, and you never know what might happen, says James Smiley. Defense is a concern to me. I just think they're super thin at linebacker. I worry if a, for them if, like, if a player gets injured at linebacker, then you're going to be in a real dangerous position. There's a story on that at hogsports.com that you can read right now. Cody Tober says, I believe that the only aspect that would make Arkansas the toughest job is unrealistic expectations for a developing program in its early stages. I think you're right, Cody. I don't think the expectations in general are um, unrealistic, and I think it helps to have high expectations. But anybody predicting eight wins is expecting everything to fall perfectly, to not have injury concerns. I mean – to get lucky maybe with another school going through some turmoil or something like that. But eight wins is an absolute ceiling I see for this team. And I'm saying five, six. I think if they got six and, you know, just didn't get killed in some games, then that would be uh, that would be great. Do you think that there's a chance, Jacobs, we answered that, William Maxwell. Terry Royce is seven and five. I think that would be fantastic. Terry Royce says Pittman curse. Yeah, I mean, I guess you were talking about earlier when we were talking about when they were, gave up eight sacks, 14 sacks, 14 sacks in consecutive uh, years and three years in a row under Pittman, and then Kurt Anderson just was not did not do a good job. And here's the deal: they've got you know Kirby Adcock, who probably isn't going to push for a starting job, but has started started the year last year due to some injuries at, at tackle. Uh, but you know Shane Clinton is a guy I think is pushing for some playing time. Dalton Wagner's pushing, but the thing is, there ought to be at least a couple more of his recruits that are pushing for playing time. They didn't recruit enough players. They didn't they didn't recruit Texas enough. I mean, I could go on and on about some of the failures with offensive line recruiting. Um, you know, in, in addition, Yelda Froholt came to Arkansas as a defensive tackle. Austin Caps, who's now on the roster, was a defensive tackle. You know, last year they moved Deion Malone from defensive tackle. He brought him in as an offensive line, moved him to defensive tackle, then moved him back to offensive line, and then he tore his ACL. Donnie Burrow says, update on Justice playing football. I'm sure that's going to be asked at SEC Media Days from Chad Moore, so we should find out something about that on Wednesday. Johnny Brooks said, running back had one year. Who cares? Back it up, and then we can talk. Oh, Rakeem Boyd. Uh, had one year back it up and then caught. I mean, you can obviously see it's not hard to tell that Rakeem Boyd has um, a pretty special ability. Um, but, yeah, I think he'll back it up if he stays healthy this season. Dustin Hoofman says, I mean, that's Johnny Brooks. That's kind of like saying Nile Davis had one year, you know, big deal. You know, Darren McFadden had one year, you know, back, you know. I mean, obviously he had two big years, three big years, but um, – you know, that's kind of a weird statement, I think. Dustin Hoofman says, do you think Arkansas gets linebacker to bolster position? No, nope, I don't see anybody who's coming in at linebacker. 
Um, Stephen Brooks says, what about the linebacker, uh, linebacker Easton at Memphis? Haven't heard anything developing with that. The one thing, Johnny Brooks says, the one thing wrong with the social network, someone has uh, a good game or one good season and you think they was the best to walk. Jeremy Bright, 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 Brigham. Jeremy Brigham says, I think 75 is the best-case scenario. You're probably right. Linebacker has you worried because of numbers. I mean, say a linebacker gets injured. I mean, there's three experienced inside linebackers coming back this year, and Hayden Henry probably play inside, but he was hurt all spring. Aaron Anderson says, as long as we can keep the quarterback off his back, we will do better. I think they're going to improve as far as giving up sacks this year just from better quarterback play, you know, um, Players more experienced in the system. I think the offensive line is going to be improved. Brett Stipsky says, Traylon Burks, a little talk of him. What's your thoughts on him as an impact player? I think if Burks had come in and obviously not torn his ACL and come in in the spring, we'd be talking about him possibly in the same light as Trey Knox. I think with Trey Knox is, you know, I think that Traylon Burks is going to be really good based on what I've seen out of him from high school and, and stuff like that. I know that Trey Knox is going to be good just because I've seen him in person going against other Division One athletes. So um, I think those two guys are going to end up being really good. I've said before I can imagine a scenario maybe next season where you have Cheyenne O'Grady and uh, Hudson Henry lined up on the line of scrimmage on opposite sides, and then they do this stack formation where you have Trey Knox and Traylon Burks lined up right behind him, right behind those guys. I think that could be a, a devastating uh, formation for Arkansas one day. Anyway, just thinking. Bobby Taylor says, just hope they can be competitive again. Would love to get up every Saturday and think they have a shot to win. You know, that's one thing you had with with Houston, with Houston Nutt, at least, that you um, that you haven't had in a long time. You know, obviously you had it with Bobby Petrino, thinking they had a shot to win every single year. Georgia has the best O-line, says Terry Roy, and that is thanks in large to Sam Pittman. So, everybody, that's pretty much it today. We've gone – ooh, 50 minutes. Okay, so we went a little long this show. Usually we try to shoot for about 45 minutes, but I want to remind everybody before we go, hogsports.com is $1. It's about to be blowout coverage. I mean, coming up with SEC media days, and then, of course, this July 26th visit weekend, and, of course, the season starting up. Uh, I'm told July 29th is going to be a golf tournament, so we're going to have a lot of exposure then, possibly talk to uh, Tremaine Carroll like we did last year, what these guys have done in the offseason. So that'll be July 29th. So a ton of stuff coming up for um, for Razorback football. Uh, plenty of ways to watch and listen. I want to remind you to like, share, follow, comment if you haven't done so already. Give us that thumbs up if you like what we're doing. If you don't, then, then I don't want to make you do anything that you don't want to do. But if you like what we're doing, be sure to give us a thumbs up. You can watch on Facebook Live. You can watch on YouTube. Be sure if you're listening on YouTube to subscribe to the channel. Uh, throw us a thumbs up and hit that notifications bell. Listen on Apple Podcasts. Throw us five star. Give us a review if you like the show. Let other people know what to expect. Right now we're a 5.0 rating with the highest rated Razorback show right now out there with well over 100 um, reviews. So uh, Also Spotify, Stitcher, so throw us a review on there if you like the content there. So for Danny West, this has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.